0: Uh, Welcome to our talk show, Innovation Matters. My name is Kurok Ray. Uh, This is sponsored by the Mays Innovation Research Center, which is an academic research center here at Texas A&M. Our mission is to understand the true nature of innovation and to spread that knowledge uh, across campus as well as beyond. Uh, This talk show is part of that effort. Today we are delighted to have Christopher Liu uh, here, who uh, who is an Aggie who's come back to campus, uh, to talk to us about his Bitcoin journey, uh, Chris right now is the founder and and CEO of Financial Freedom for Physicians, mm-hmm. and uh, is a doctor himself. Or uh, he was no longer practicing, but but uh, is trained as a as an MD PhD, and uh, which is really a, a very high end <laughs> high end kind of doctor. <laughs> um, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, about cryptocurrency Bitcoin and uh, his life story. So Chris, welcome to Aggieland.
1: Thanks so much. I'm really excited to be back on campus and just to see the growth and the innovation. And I'm really happy to be talking to you guys.
0: Great. Thank you, Chris. So uh, let's dive right in. So Chris, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your I, I know that we met at our Bitcoin conference, uh, mm-hmm. which is something we do every year here at Texas A&M. Uh, Bitcoin is one of our major initiatives of research here at, at Texas A&M and at the Mays Innovation Research Center. So uh, please follow us uh, for uh, updates on our Bitcoin conference. But tell us a little bit, Let's before we get to Bitcoin, tell us where you grew up and how you got to, to Aggieland the first time.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I grew up uh, in the Woodlands, Texas. It's a, now a to- look, very large town. And um, I am actually um, grew up on the cusp of Gen X and millennials. So I grew up through the pre-internet, through Web 1, Web 2, and now Web 3. Uh-huh. And um, at the time I chose A&M, was, it was down the three schools it was a m Washu st. Louis and UT and so I visited all three campuses and um, I really because I was taking the long-term strategic approach to yeah. my education and career because I was really focused on getting into medical school uh-huh. becoming a physician so uh-huh. I wanted something where it was um, low risk but high reward uh-huh. and so A&M was close to home um, it had it was very um, had some of my same values um, and I also got a Presidential endowed scholarship to come here. Great. So, um, and I was very strategic in how I approached my education, and so I ended up here.
0: Great, excellent. And what did you study when you were here?
1: Uh, I was a chemistry major, and wow. um, so it's really interesting to be on the business side of things because most yeah. of my career now is on on the business side. But you know, I started out in the science building, and yeah. I was at the uh, medical school, and, and oh, wow, and, and so. Um, graduated in 2000 uh-huh. uh, university scholar, summa cum laude great, and all that. Great. Great.
0: Wow, chemistry, that's pretty hard. <laughs> and you did did you go straight into your MD PhD, is that right? Yeah. And were, were you part of the MSTP uh, program, is that
1: right? Uh, well, I was part that... of um, I was part of the Baylor uh, MSTP program. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, I mean just just a uh, I mean my my memory of this is a little dated, but this is a pretty competitive program, right? The, is it a seven-year MD PhD? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What, is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's seven years, and you do your first two years medical school, and then you do your graduate training, and then you go back and finish your medical training. Residency and they only take 10 students uh, per year out of a class of around at that time the class was 160. Wow, so wow. it was very at, competitive, at, yeah.
0: At, at Baylor, rice right, right? Yeah, at Baylor, yeah. So when I was in college at the University of Chicago, um, I remember I graduated in 1999, and there were a lot of the most competitive program was the, the Mudfund program, <laughs> <laughs> the MD PhDs. Those, those are the, the, I mean, it was all it was hard enough to get into a U.S. medical school, but then. Mm-hmm. Then the PhD program is, is extremely competitive so congratulations yeah thank you thank you yeah. did you finish that program you, yeah you did okay yeah, and, and uh did you have a specialty or
1: yeah I, w- I matched in the orthopedic surgery um and i practiced for a number of years i saw really a lot of changes in how healthcare was um being administered and just the cost and you know the a lot of the inefficiency so yeah. um you know during that time i was Studying a lot in investing, Uh and uh, I was investing in real estate and stocks. Uh And um, and we'll talk about crypto a little bit later, but I was really diversifying everything my finances, my skill set, my experiences so that, you know, um, come time for different crashes such as 2008 and 2020, I'd be. Uh, well positioned to yeah. benefit from those oh
0: great great excellent yeah. that's great I mean that's a nice hobby you had because yeah <laughs> as a kind of as a as, as a highly trained doctor and physician that's uh, you know that's not exactly what you were trained to do but yeah but you still did that that's that's great that's yeah good good that you have broad interests and that's a good lesson for the students
1: yeah yeah for the students I really Recommend don't get pigeonholed into one particular um, specialty or one particular direction, but keep your um, interests open, um, really diversify your skill sets, um, yeah. really focus on emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, as well as um, excelling academically.
0: Right. And so you you did practice as an orthopedic surgeon for se- yeah. or several years? Yes. Oh, I've, great.
1: Yeah. I practiced from 2000 all the way up to uh, 2016. Or sorry, 2007 to 2016.
0: Oh wow! And, okay. Um,
1: okay. Yeah, and really, my spark um, into entrepreneurship really came after the 2008 financial crisis, when um, a lot of the real estate was uh, severely undervalued. So I was really taking my earned income and just uh, buying single-family undervalued real estate. Uh-huh. And uh, so by so 2008 to 2016, um, you know, I was just investing and. Um, by 2016, I was able to retire early, became a multimillionaire in my, my mid thirties. And um, since then I started financial freedom for physicians. Oh, great. And
0: It was all from the real estate primarily?
1: Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so
0: this was uh, real estate, where, where was it all across Houston or Texas or everywhere? It
1: was mostly in the Texas Medical Center. So uh-huh. there, there's a really interesting market in the medical center because there's so many doctors, students, nursing, yeah. um, pharmacists that go there to study. So they're all in need of housing. Uh-huh, and it was really, it was really extremely um, cheap to buy real estate. You know, a two bed, two bath condo, fifteen hundred square feet back uh-huh. then you could buy for about, you know, seventy thousand, eighty thousand. Oh, years. really? So, wow, that's yeah. pretty good. So it, I really took advantage of those. And you were renting those out. Yeah, renting those out. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, it was real estate. Really gave me a great opportunity to learn business and home investing skills. I see. I see. And
0: so you saw what. What is it that you saw in that? Uh, what what prompted that opportunity for you? Was it that you you noticed that there was a a large transit a lot, of, a lot of need for housing for short term housing? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. One thing was, um, and for the to the for the listeners, um, one thing was um, I missed out on the internet boom because I was so focused on getting into medical school, um, getting you know my training. Well, a lot of my friends they went into tech and they you know they got rich through Amazon and yeah. all of that. So you know, I missed that boat, but really during my training, I really um, focused on uh, seizing the next opportunity. So, right. so really when 2008 hit, I, I knew that was my moment to really capture opportunity and get in when everybody was, Warren Buffett says, when everybody's right, fearful, right, you know, right. get greedy. So. so
0: that's when you bought most of your properties, right? During yeah. the, uh, during the housing crash.
1: During the yeah oh, right right after the housing crash and, and during the um, and Houston experienced a boom from two thousand eleven to around two thousand sixteen because there were so many healthcare jobs and people moving oh, into Texas.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 that's great. That's yeah. great. Now, let, now let's turn to uh, to Bitcoin. How did you how did you arrive at Bitcoin?
1: That's a it's really a amazing journey and it's really kind of a side st- narrative that's actually become my. Predominant focus since 2021. Uh-huh. And so I was at Rice from 2002 to 2006. And that was really where my entrepreneurial journey started, where I learned about equities and options and starting companies. And and a lot of the um, innovation that I saw at Rice back then, I, I see at AM today. So it's uh-huh. really exciting. I think AM is really going to be positioned well for the um, Bitcoin mining right. with, with Riot Blockchain. Right. Um,
0: you were at Rice as a medical student, is that right? That's well, the, during my
1: PhD years. Your PhD time? Yes.
0: Yeah. Baylor was the medical school, right? And your PhD mm-hmm. time was at, at Rice. Okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, you know, during that time, I really got my entrepreneurial career started and I uh, ran into um, Ryan Armstrong through acquaintance because uh-huh, uh-huh. he was there in Houston during right. that time. He
0: was a, an undergraduate student, is that, is
1: that right? Uh, he was majoring in computer science and economics. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Through, and how did you run into him? How did that happen? Was, it's in, was through We ran through the same social circles uh-huh, and uh-huh. so through mutual acquaintance, you know, we hung out a couple of times. Yeah, he's a really solid guy. I think yeah. he tries to do what he says he does. Yeah, and uh, so I started following him. He, you know, he had a blog called Start Breaking Free. Um, uh-huh, he, uh-huh. Um, he he uh, took a leap from Deloitte to starting his own company. Right, and I followed him through Carwoo, Argentina and, and then Coinbase. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Followed him in what time? like in to, like online or, or online, or, or? <laughs> and
1: sometimes we would exchange emails. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, okay. Uh, but mostly, you know, through his through his writings, through his writings, right? Yeah, right. And then um one and then there was one post that particularly intrigued me was when he was starting coinbase you know back in 2012
0: yeah yeah
1: and uh it was really interesting because he was describing this new uh technology known as bitcoin so i i really became fascinated and really curious so i went and uh looked up the white paper and wow. uh, what year
0: was this just so we can benchmark
1: this was 2011
0: 2012. 2011.
1: Wow. Yeah. what was the price of bitcoin back then I, well, I got in in bitcoin back then it was um it was around uh, under a hundred dollars. Wow! So wow. that was <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and wow. f- you know, for the listeners out there, it was it's really interesting because um, you know, if you take Bitcoin as an asset class and you look at the performance of it, yeah, yeah, it's actually since twenty twelve up to now, it's it's outperformed everything. All, yeah,
0: right. It's got. I think it's the best investment in the history of the world.
1: Exactly. Right. I mean, from inception,
0: so. I think like going from seventy cents yeah. to a peak of seventy thousand dollars. I mean, there's yeah. nothing in the in the world that's ever come close to that yeah. exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but a hundred i mean below a hundred that's that's yeah, that's pretty early yeah yeah
1: that was really early. where so
0: just curious where was it i mean there wasn't a coinbase yet a coin like, right did not yet. where would you buy bitcoin at that time
1: well back then you could buy it off of an exchange called mount gox right um i didn't do that because it was all overseas and uh-huh. and so when Brian started offering the ability to buy Bitcoin off of Coinbase. That's uh-huh. where I started. That's where I bought my first coins. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. So you
0: were one yeah. of those first Coinbase... Uh, I- uh- what? customers. Still. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: I I'm not sure which customer I was, but I was pretty early. I think uh, you know, within a week or two when you know they were allowed Really that so, early. Yeah. Huh? Hey, that's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's fascinating. Um I know Brian's doing bigger things now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just it's, it's an interesting story to I tell. I hope you held on to it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, <Yeah>. great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all in cold storage on a hardware wallet. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's uh, so. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, That's great. So that so uh, so was your primary interest that you were buying Bitcoin? Um, Yeah, was that just you bought once or you kept buying or what was your plan
1: most of the time? So I bought one large batch um, back in 2012 and Mm -hmm. The reasoning was uh, I had a good mentor and he was because he was they were talking about the asymmetry of Bitcoin so you could asymmetry meaning you uh, spend a little but you get a lot Uh and Uh so basically he was saying okay, you put uh, you know, a, a month's salary into Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, you lose it. Right. You're, you're still young. You can make it up. Sure. Sure. Uh, but if it if Bitcoin explodes, you know, it can shave five, ten years right, off, you your know, life. off your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was my reasoning. So yeah. and I was just following it. You know, there's there was a lot of times. You know, 2013, 2017. You know, this almost the dark days. Yeah. That we're experiencing now.
0: Right. Right. And
1: uh, I just held because. I I believed in the technology. Uh I saw a lot of um, applications and development, and a lot of just future potential uses. So,
0: well, now I mean, I I mean, I'm just curious about this time in in history. Uh, So, tell us a little bit what the climate was like at that time. Bitcoin was very fringe, right? Much more so than today. Even now, it's still not fully mainstream, but much more than it is. What was it like back then? I mean, there there, were there meetups. Even were there (laughs) uh, were there they didn't have conferences really on on this
1: no. right? Yeah most of these were just like um, in person meet you meet up at a bar restaurant yeah. a lot of them were in, based in San Francisco yeah, um yeah. I know a lot of the first bitcoin meetups a lot of them um, I was I used reddit uh-huh, reddit uh-huh, so just uh-huh. to participate in the discussion yeah. um and you know the climate was really what's interesting was I w- I would watch the price of bitcoin and it was just like it was just exponential. It's just amazing to see uh, how one single idea and a technology was just so I watched it go from, you know, ninety to hundred, almost, you know, triple, quadruple. Yeah. And sometimes it would fall eighty percent. And it was just very volatile. Right. So, but you
0: still didn't sell. I mean that's impressive that yeah if it goes up by five X. Yeah. That's amazing return in the stock market. But exactly so most stock investors would have sold by then, but yeah. you chose not to.
1: Yeah, I just told I just hold on to it. Um, you know, after the Mt. Gox hack I Transferred all of my um, bitcoins from Coinbase onto my hardware wallet. Right, right. Oh. Uh, it's been a really great portion of my portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right now I'm really fascinated about you know just the whole ecosystem and um, the whole DeFi space. And you know I also got into Ethereum back in 2017. Uh uh-huh, Uh uh-huh. where, where,
0: where, where was that back then? What price?
1: Uh, back then Ethereum was around. Uh, uh, 100, 120, okay. Okay. but I was, okay. you know, got okay. in sub thousand. So, okay, okay.
0: Um, yeah, great, great. Yeah. So. And so uh, now let us kind of go go into the weeds a little bit. I, I know that mm-hmm. among the Bitcoin community, there's some controversy about the altcoins, <laughs> um, uh, because Bitcoin is sort of the the original one and probably the most decentralized of the coins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did you uh, were you aware of any of this uh, kind of I guess this this we call it maybe civil war <laughs> between the Bitcoiners and the altcoiners? Yeah. Uh, did you have a you have a view on that?
1: Yeah, it's uh, my view is um, you know. I'm not a I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, I'm not an Ethereum maxi, and my view as an investor is I, look, I view things as what's going to be, uh, u- one is utility. Yeah. What, what's going to be most useful? You know, What's going to be most impactful? That's Bitcoin, that's Ethereum. Second is, what is the most going to have the greatest network effects or a- adoption? Right. So as an investor, I don't really look at, you know, specifically, you know, Bit- Bitcoin has its advantages, it also has its downfalls. Ethereum as well. And so, you know, with altcoins, it's kind of it's different because you have to really um, look at it in terms of whether these are um, protocols, software. Um, Some people look at altcoins as, you know, small nascent tech companies and a lot of people think it's just gambling. So um, with altcoins, it's really um, that's why I study the altcoin market a lot, but I don't really invest a whole lot into it because um, just because, you know, projects will come and go right Uh, there's no clear dominant winner right now you know for example like there's solana matic you know polka dot yeah Uh, Yeah. nobody knows who's gonna yeah yeah. so but like for early students interested in the space i would Really look at you know Bitcoin, Ethereum, just understand their um, their consensus mechanisms, and you know whether or not you want to use them for financial assets or things. So you still believe in Bitcoin? I'm
0: guessing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But the question is, are you still (laughs) buying Bitcoin? Yes. Oh, you Uh, are. Yeah. yeah. Even at this, uh, that's great. Yeah. Well, now it's down at kind of a short-term low. So yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, Yeah. like I said, um, my whole investment thesis. Uh, from equities to real estate is always buy on the on the dips. Yeah. And so the largest dips give you the best opportunities. Right. right. And so even when Bitcoin dropped to 27K a couple weeks ago, I bought in Did there. You? Great. So and just great. continue the dollar cost average. Yeah, that's great.
0: So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what else are you doing? Are you doing anything? I know besides attending our Bitcoin conferences uh, nowadays, do you do? Do you participate? In, how how else do you participate in the Bitcoin community?
1: Well, um, I've really focused on um, really trying to spread uh, content and good information and forming strategic partnerships. And so um, I I have a podcast where I bring on entrepreneurs Uh really focused on, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, DeFi, NFTs. Right. Um, You know, I just came back from permissionless Uh um, uh uh, and, you know, I'm going to Consensus next week. Yeah. And so I go to these um, conferences really to network and really get a really fresh sense of where the state of things are. Uh, And I'm actively, you know, blogging. creating videos, great. podcasts. Great, so, great.
0: Yeah. That's excellent. Well, well, thank you for joining our community. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to let you know about is that we're doing, uh, Texas A&M is doing a lot on Bitcoin mining. Mm-hmm. So my, the center, uh, the Maze Innovation Research Center, which is hosting this podcast, is forming a partnership with the Energy Institute on Bitcoin mining. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the reason, as you may have guessed from our conference uh, just last month, is that Bitcoin mining is a huge growth industry in Texas. Yeah. Almost 10% of the world hash rate is, is right in Texas. Exactly. And uh, we're going to commu- collaborate with all of the miners around here, which is you know a lot of them are in Rockdale, which is just a, uh, an hour away. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a great opportunity for uh, providing education for students to learn about this booming industry. Uh, I think it'll only grow over time. Yeah. And, uh, and then eventually we'd like to gather data from all the miners to become like an international data hub of Bitcoin mining data here at, at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a great way to elevate the university to another level
1: yeah, absolutely i think I think really the right now um I've seen the space you know going from pure speculation now you have all of this utility um in all these and i think really think you know with the um with the China banning the mining, you know everybody coming to Texas, I think Texas is uniquely positioned to become a real leader in in bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin mining, um, you know, you know, you have the Houston Energy Group in Houston. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's. I think uh, you know, if AM plays it well and you know, uh, in is strategic, it can do very well in this space. Yeah,
0: yeah. I hope so. Yeah. And I hope, I hope we hope to have eventually Bitcoin mining facilities on either on campus or on the Relis campus. Uh-huh. Uh, if you if you're not familiar, the Relis campus is eight miles north of us. Which is another two thousand acres that we have uh, in addition to the five thousand we're on here, which yeah. is really going to be our science and technology hub for the whole system. Well,
1: and that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah.
0: And great. And so uh, now tell me, your nowadays, your um, aside from from following Bitcoin, what what else are you your Tell me about your, your, your company, the yeah. Financial Freedom Company, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So I, I founded Financial Freedom for Physicians uh, in 2016 after I retired early. And it was really, uh, its mission was to empower, um, initially it was physicians to achieve financial freedom yeah. so that they could live life on their own terms. And it's, uh, since then it's really grown. I've, I've written four books, I've spoken on most of the major physician platforms. Uh-huh. Um, and You know, last year when my brand grew so much after the pandemic, um, I really opened it up and I really wanted to spread the message of um, economic freedom. And so I really started focusing on which areas uh, have the greatest potential to promote that idea. And this yeah. is
0: specifically targeted for physicians, is that
1: right? Well, initially it was, and yeah, now yeah. now it's open to now it's nurses, you know, pharmacists, uh-huh, uh-huh. and now I have I now have um, investors and oh, and, and business owners, you know, okay. coming on. So, okay.
0: is there yeah. something about the doctor mindset that you specifically can speak to? Yeah. What is that?
1: Yeah, I think doctors were a very interesting cohort because we're some of the most intelligent people. We're very hardworking. You know, we got the best grades. Um, I think in terms of um, pivoting and the entrepreneurial mindset, which is what I do a lot of work with coaching clients and really trying to get them out of this mindset where, you know, we we're, were fixated on a single narrative and a, a single path. And I try right. to I try to expand that. And right. so, you know, um, with the whole blockchain and with the whole technology space, it's really helped um, me to help physicians understand that
0: great so yeah. great yeah i mean like you said it's still new territory for physicians yeah uh and I, I imagine that back in 2011 2012 you as kind of looking into bitcoin as a doctor were really you must have been a it's a very small population of people who were yeah like who were doing that
1: at that time right? I, I think probably i was probably one i just only a single handful yeah and uh the reason why I was so quick to adopt it was because, again, I, I missed the internet boom. And so, um, you know, I saw what I missed out on. I, you know, I missed out on Amazon and Google and yeah. Facebook. So I really, since then, I've really been focused on what innovation is, where the world is headed, right. how technology plays in innovation. Because right, right. I think technology um, is going to be a, a key component in, you know, the infrastructure mm-hmm. and where For I, sure. Where our society goes. For sure. Yeah,
0: I will need to put you in touch with a friend of mine in Wisconsin, Jason, uh-huh. uh, who is also a doctor who had started uh, just like you. He, hey, I think he is an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think there's something about orthopedic surgery. <laughs> he, uh, he attended our conference, our Bitcoin conference last year, and he emailed me afterwards, uh-huh. and he really felt that need for more education. He launched his own platform, which just last month called lookingglass.com. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. and he's uh, I'm not kidding. He's an orthopedic <laughs> who goes who got into Bitcoin. I'll
1: have to contact You'll him. You'll have either. to contact
0: him. I you know my yeah. I, uh, I actually had orthopedic surgery last year, so I need to ask my doctor if he's uh, <laughs> if he's following Bitcoin. But um, yeah, I broke my arm. But oh, okay. But, yeah, I have a plate in my arm now. But uh-huh. but I say that, I told my doctor that was the best two hours of my life. Uh, I was in massive pain beforehand, and then he fixed it. So uh, wow. so that was great. Great for me. Yeah. 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 So, so tell me, um, what what uh, you're not practicing medicine anymore, right? You yeah,
1: I retired 2016. Retired 20, 2016, right? Yeah, now focused solely focused on managing my investments, growing my portfolio, yeah, and really just uh, immersing myself in the um, crypto space and creating partnerships and creating content. and okay, Spreading the message. So
0: okay, and now what's ne- let, let me ask you, what's the next next for you? Next next. Uh next decade or so do you have any any big strategic moves you're making or well,
1: thinking of yeah i mean the 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 future is bright so um really so now is uh, you know i've grown my brand and my following um really i think with well, i just coming back from permissionless you know with all of the protocols with defi um really studying those i think that's going to allow investors and entrepreneurs to Create greater yields with their money. Yeah. Um, uh, What I think, what I see in the future is, um, for example, uh, crypto and DeFi are going to be the um, the new. It's kind of the monetary system, right? And it's going to be connected by wallets and um, Mm stablecoins. So that's Mm going to sort of enable mainstream adoption, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be and so that's going to be the financial payments, and then the kind of the whole. Economy is going to be this um, NFT, uh, Web three, uh, mm-hmm. this social Web three ecosystem. So it's really exciting to see everything, you know, play out. I think, you know, for example, just. Um, as an example, you know, now they're creating um, protocols so that you can actually um, borrow against your NFTs. So, right, right. You know, NFTs are going to be huge, um, especially- But you if,
0: said also it's a bubble. So you, you do believe yeah. they're overvalued.
1: Yeah, like yeah. any sort of technology, yeah. nascent technology, you're going to have speculation, you're going to have sure. bubbles, um, you're going to have crashes. Right, right, right. And, so um, people
0: paying thousands of dollars for a JPEG of a monkey, for example. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What's interesting is, so innovation, it has a trend, so it's always up and to the right. And within that, you have like smaller players, you know, majority go to zero. Yeah. But then you have the Amazons and the sure. sure. So it's important to follow these trends in these spaces um, and only invest um, money that you can afford to lose. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, Don't, you know, don't put all your money into just one single coin. And, you know, just you have to diversify your assets asset allocation is very important yeah and then go from there okay
0: okay great yeah Great. now um uh you know i, I know i mean some some of the space is uh it's, it's it's a little like i guess it's a little controversial i'm a little <laughs> cl- I'm close to some of these debates being in the the bitcoin community here at uh in texas uh-huh. um there's a huge amount of capital that's flowing into into this space yeah uh you know i wonder how this is going to play out given that uh it seems to me it's a little unprecedented. The amount—I mean, A16Z just <laughs> raised four and a half billion dollars. Yeah, just I an insane that. amount on uh, just on on cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Uh, do Do you have any any opinions on uh, on, on sort of uh, is that a good thing? Is it uh, Do you think that'll be good for the space?
1: I think it's really great for the space. When you have the biggest venture capital firms investing, you know, billions into it, I think that's that's just a sign that the uh, industry is growing. Uh, really from these conferences there's a a buzz that really reminds me of the the internet area Uh uh Um, what i think is really great is that you have um you know innovators and people that are willing to back a lot of these projects and uh you know and um you know again we know we talk about mass speculation and mania but like i said the Direction of innovation always goes up and to the right. So I think it's, you know, especially A16Z, they've made a lot of great bets, you know, in the last 20 years. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, what's going to be really interesting is, you know, uh, bit, you know, Bitcoin kind of went mainstream in 2017, you know, with all that. And now that we have a lot of institutions. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be really exciting.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my, my, my only concern is that I wish more of that money would be flowing into Bitcoin development. Mm-hmm. Because it still seems to me that Bitcoin is the best, uh, the best asset there. There is, I mean, yeah. it's the most decentralized. It has the longest history. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's based on uh, on good philosophical foundations. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm somewhat disappointed that the fund, the most recent funds, are not putting money there, any of their money towards Bitcoin development. They're putting yeah. a little bit. I mean, the guy who uh, who, who hired, they, the guy who started Facebook's uh, cryptocurrency is now supposed to be. Uh, uh, starting a company light spark on for lightning development okay yeah but but i wish there was more on Uh the the bitcoin side yeah
1: yeah 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 we need more i think you know again bitcoin is the uh you know the daddy of all of the and it's really kind of if you're gonna go into crypto you know i would just i would focus on bitcoin itself um i think a lot of these firms they're actually seeking returns so Mm -hmm. you're looking at it from a return standpoint Mm -hmm. i think You know, Bitcoin can probably, you know, they're they're predicting 10x um, over the next 5, 10 years. Mm -hmm. But they're, but like if you compare it to like, for example, other coins, you know, they're probably looking for, you know, 50, 100x. Right, right. So that's probably why. Right, right. Of course, those are
0: riskier because there's like thousands of them, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Great. Um, and so uh, uh, do you have any other uh, – let, now let's turn the conversation back to Texas A&M. Uh, let's think yeah. about your time here uh-huh. as a student. Uh, what, was, uh, what would you say – what advice would you give to uh, students, uh, current students, about uh, skills uh, or, or habits they should develop that, that turned out to be useful for you?
1: Oh, man. Uh, like, if I – I wish – to the listeners, I wish I could be an undergraduate now because when I came to AM and uh, in 96, that was right when the internet boom was really starting. So, and like I said, Gen, Gen Z um, really um, are really gonna carry out. So millennials started the um, whole revolution and Gen Z is where they're gonna make it, everything come to fruition. So uh, there's the greatest single opportunity is, is, is right before our eyes with, with technology, with innovation. Uh, and so some of the advice that would really Um, give to to students, you know, coming back is, um, you know, I've lived through pre-internet all the way up to Web3. So really embrace um, innovation and change, really study the trends. So really study um, globalization, really understand finance, really understand economics, really understand business cycles. And from there, you can get a good macro framework of how money works, how um, institutions work, and then tie it together with your academic career. So your academic career gets you, you know, your fundamentals and makes your contacts and um, really focus on excelling academically. Also focus on um, what they call soft skills. So uh, communication, emotional intelligence, leadership, management. Um, really, emotional resiliency is really important post COVID. Yeah. Um, and really invest in your network. So. Um, I had to learn that I, I learned that through A& and a lot of my best contacts came from through networking mm-hmm. and that's really set you up for success so keep an open mind and really um, you know really invest in your your, your friendships, your relationships uh, really hunker down and study, get good grades and then from there, the sky's the limit mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great yeah. do you have any uh, desire to combine these two interests of yours in medicine and uh, bitcoin or? Yeah, crypto is that something that you want to eventually fuse together in some way? Have you thought
1: of that? Well, that's that's a really great question, and that comes down to the infrastructure of our healthcare system. So, yeah. I really became an entrepreneur because I felt I felt frustrated from the way things were done with the existing healthcare system. Yeah. So, in order to really make the impact, I had to go outside of it. And but what's really interesting is that there's a lot of innovation with healthcare IT. Uh, with with the blockchain um, SAS right. all of this um, patient records yeah. uh, identity management yeah. so all of these can combine to really um, revolution or revolutionize healthcare uh, the, the problem is with healthcare you have it's almost like the um, it's it's a existing there's a lot of bureaucracy and mm-hmm. there's a lot of regulation so it's hard to really come in and, and, and change things but you know like I said like blockchain you know Bitcoin, you know, all of these um, may, especially NFTs, may play a an important role in healthcare, especially in terms of just like billing, insurance, payments, um, identity management. But I think that's going to be a a longer way, just because you know, um, just because of all the, the existing infrastructure. Great, great.
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, this has been very interesting, Chris. Uh, so. Uh... Uh, any uh, any other uh, uh, thoughts you have for Texas A and M or students uh, about about either your life or or this uh, this area?
1: Yeah, um, I you know I came to Texas A and M 1996, and it was one of the best decisions I, I made. Um, it really set me up for success, uh, you know, my professionally, and um, it really like I was telling uh, Karok here. I was driving down University Avenue, and you know what was. The previously the polo fields right. now are like these huge gigantic buildings yeah, and yeah. and really like A&M today was nothing like it was mm-hmm. planned, you know and, and yeah, the, yeah. the amount of innovation I see here happening was this the same amount of innovation I saw you know at Baylor and Rice right. in the early 2000s right, so right. like I said if uh, you know A&M really capitalizes on this bitcoin um, mining space it can yeah. do it can do very well that's right and I hope it does yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I hope it- so. Well,
0: well, thank you, Chris. Thank you for coming, in, coming on our show and taking the time to talk to us. It was great to yeah. see you again. I hope to see you at all of our, all of our upcoming Bitcoin uh, events yeah. this year. We'll at least have a, have a conference and hopefully several uh, mining panels. Yeah. Uh, and if any of you are curious, uh, please uh, go to our YouTube channel to watch not just other episodes of the talk show, but you can actually find a good archive of all our prior events on Bitcoin. We have um, several of our panel discussions. Uh, from last year are still online and very educational. I mean, if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of mining, uh, which is, it, there's a lot of innovation there, people don't realize it, Yeah. Uh, and uh, really of the energy and the economics uh, of power, then uh, you can start with our, our video online, so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been great and I really enjoy the uh, talk and the work that you're doing here at Maze.
0: Yeah, great, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for coming down.
1: Yeah.